This is Let's Talk About from Style Canada. And let me tell you, we're talking. Let's face it, we talk a lot. We talk about things we love, hot topics, and anything in between. But what about the things we don't talk about? What about the things we want to know but don't know how to ask? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Let's expand our horizons. Let's talk about it. We love a curated mix of brands. It is one of the many reasons we love Smithery. Mavis and her team at Smithery do their buying on both a local and international level, so you can be sure that you're getting the best of all worlds. From Montreal to Vancouver, Toronto, Paris, LA, New York, and Denmark, their goal is to uncover unique brands that offer styles and flattering cuts for different body shapes. They are always on the lookout for up-and-coming brands both at home and around the world. To check out their current assortment, visit them on Instagram at Smithery Style. Hi, everyone, and welcome. This week, we're talking about being a bachelor with Blake Moyens. You probably know Blake from the Bachelor franchise, where he got the final rose in season 17. But there is more to Blake than his time on The Bachelorette. Blake is a fellow Canadian and has worked for the Urban Wildlife Management for the past several years as an advocate for the environment. He even has his own merchandise line that directly supports wildlife conservation. Blake, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So we we started this season off with a series on dating. We've had mm -hmm. a researcher, behavioral scientist, someone from the dating apps, and we wanted to bring you on as kind of like our, our <laughs> token bachelor to give the male perspective to things and to dating sure. in 2022. Sure, sounds good. I feel like now I got to really deliver because I'm the one that knows, but from the male side of things. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're giving us that for no pressure. You're speaking for all males across North right. America right now. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Understood. It's, it's your own experience. So yeah. I think really, you know, getting into the psyche of the other side of things is of interest to the female listener out there as well, those sure. in um, hetero relationships anyway. So it's a big topic, dating in 2022. Definitely. It's an overwhelming topic. We'll, yeah. we'll attempt to, you know, chip away at it. But how are, let me start with, how are you personally approaching dating uh, this month anyway? Oh, geez, this month. Well, so I've, I've been easing back into things, obviously, after doing it in a very public setting on a show. And so it's been a while since I've been doing it the normal way and dating right. normally. And so I feel like things have changed a little bit I, more. I think they're more aggressive um online socially than they were even when I was doing it two years ago before I started all my show stuff so um there's a lot of emphasis online which I right. think is a great way to get people connected but I think people are leaning on it too much and not putting enough emphasis on the actual person-to-person -person connection in real life mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because when you started the process of things that would have been pre-COVID too right yeah. So, okay. yeah. So right when, right when COVID first started was when uh, I left for Claire season, we got sent home right before uh, night one started. So it's been okay. two years of it. Yeah. Okay. So really I can see why you're saying that, that focus on online, because we've all had to do virtual dating, FaceTime dating, all of that. And now kind of, and I don't want to say everyone's online, but likely a lot of people that weren't online are probably online. And exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. So on that kind of note, I guess, what are your thoughts on, it sounds like your preference is meeting in person. So there's obviously the, are we meeting online or are we meeting in person? Where do you kind of stand on that? And it doesn't have to be necessarily what you're personally doing, but 
thoughts around it even? Yeah, I think, I think we spend too much time online. So I think it's great to make the connection online because you can check a lot of boxes. Everything can look great online, but the longer you stay online, the worse it is because I think you can hide behind a phone. And yeah. I think time is very valuable and you can spend a month online talking to somebody and get to real life. And it's like, what, what, this was a whole facade. Like, who are you? Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important to make a connection, but get out and see them right away. Like I, as yeah. soon as you can, because I just think you can waste a lot of valuable time and it's hard out there right now. And I'm noticing that for myself, I'm trying to make a connection online and then trying to get them out in person right away, which isn't always the easiest, right? Especially mm -hmm. now because I've been over in the States, I'm talking to people from all over the place. And so it's not necessarily right here where I have the ability to go meet them right away when I want to, but get out from behind your phone. It's better for you. It's better for them. Um, and stop putting such an emphasis. I know it's easier, but easier isn't always better. So yeah. uh, we need to get I, away from that. I think some of the, I'm trying to remember who we interviewed that said something like four days within the time of when you make a connection to meeting in person, because then you start kind of, which you're right when you're traveling, you have a full life. It's not the easiest to do, but then you kind of start building things up in your head. Right. Oh, and maybe yeah. <laughs> when you're, when you're just checking off those boxes, like I'm going to Google search, make sure this person is normal. Then you start creating like a picture of who this person is and who their life is. Right. Exactly. That's that. And you're setting yourself up for failure with this expectation because everything people can be perfect online from their photos to everything they say, you can't see a tone. You can't see an expression. You can't see the things that you need to see in person. And so someone can come off so perfect. And so when you're like, this person's everything, I can't wait to meet them. And it's been a month and then you show up and it's like, it's just, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I think too, it kind of fills us out a little bit right over time. It's like, yep. what else can you talk about? But I also think too, when it comes back to wasting time, I like to dive into really important things first, get all the heavy stuff out, tell them what um, your boundaries are and the non-negotiables because mm -hmm. I don't want to waste time. And so people don't want to do that through text, get out in person and have those conversations in real life and the hard ones right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think I've learned the right way because that's what we're forced to do on the bachelorette, right? You, <laughs> right. you have to go deep right away and, and be vulnerable, which yeah. is not easy for everybody. I'm lucky that I've been forced to like learn that and experience that. And now I have no problem doing it in the real world. I know it's like a timid thing. People want to tip around that, but dive right into it. Don't waste time. Yeah. Do it in person, not through a phone. I was going to say, I think that that is probably <laughs> unique to you in some yes. ways because that yes. doesn't often happen anyway that everyone kind of gets it all out there. I agree with you, the getting it all out there, but then I've also seen just in relationships I've been in that there is some aspect of time and getting to know each other that you uncover more too, right? So I'm like you where I'm like, just tell me all the shit now because I want to like brace myself <laughs> for it. But yeah. then you realize that there's there's little instances where maybe you find out a little more as, as life happens, right? And you experience life together. Absolutely. I think there's, there's definitely, I think, specific things that you can, that can wait and naturally kind of come into play. But I think there's definitely, if you have non-negotiables that in your life, whatever they are, I think it's important to get those at least out first and then start working through the other things, but to keep things bottled up and like spring it on them later right. when it's something that they would have never went for earlier. 
you're doing your both of you a disservice, right? So I just think that there's some things, if you know that it might bother the other person or it's something that you can't live without or you have to have, get it out there. Yeah, you seem like a very good communicator when it comes to even just watching you, you know, in your your reality TV life and, and hearing you on interviews, you do seem... Um, kind of like enlightened in terms of how you approach dating. What do you attribute that to? Is it, I feel like your mom seems very in tune with that too. Like, where does that come from for you? Yeah, I think majority of my personality traits come from my mom and I just a very easygoing attitude, but I also just hate disappointing people. And I think I've been through enough where I've been disappointed on my own. And I know what that feeling's like to be like heartbreak and all those things. And I went through a crazy little stage of depression, and anxiety coming through my first heartbreak ever. And I remember those feelings and I'm like, well, how can we manage that better for people going forward? I don't want to put that on anyone ever because I hated it. I hated it. And so I'm just very conscious about other people's feelings, trying to be understanding. Let's just look at this and like be conscious and overview of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, I think we need to be selfish, but when we're talking about feelings and emotions, you gotta be careful about the other person because I know how it's felt. And so I'm just a little bit, I just tippy toe around that a little bit better. And just yeah. like, let's put it out there. If I put it out there, you can't get upset. If I hold something back and I lie and I hold things in, you're allowed to be upset. So let's put it out there, whether you like it or not, at least you have the information and you can make the decision for yourself. Yeah. If I hold it back and I don't give you that, then then you're allowed to be pissed off. Yeah, like it's not, it's not kind of that that holding back is just going to create more tension later. Absolutely. Later on, eventually, so, at some yeah. point, right? Yeah. So for sure. Which is when when do you face it? So yeah. So you strike me as someone that or, or struck struck me anyway. I know we're taking a little bit of a, a dating sure. break, maybe, or a little sure. time out on dating in terms of finding real love and real connection. What prompted the initial, um, I guess, application? I don't know how one applies for the bachelor, but or bachelorette, but what prompted that initial uh, getting into the series? Yeah, so it was, uh, I had just, well, not just, it had been about a year. Um, I was with somebody for three years and who I potentially thought was going to be it. Like there, she was, you know, five years younger than me. Amazing. I can't say anything bad about her. She's an incredible person. Uh, Timing was off and a bunch of other things, but just wasn't right. And so it was about a year where I was single and just dating, doing all the things, going on social media, doing all the things and not figuring it out. And uh, it was just honestly an opportunity I had with friends were speaking after a hockey game with my buddies and they're like why don't you go try with one of those shows like nothing's working for you here you don't care what anyone thinks like go jump on and do one of these things and it was just an experience type thing that was okay i'll do it for the experience but then we started getting into the casting process and seeing how serious it was then learning about claire knowing for three months it's going to be a claire i did exactly what we're not supposed to do and we've already talked about i built her up to be this <laughs> whole big thing right where i shouldn't have and i should have waited for that connection in real life because it wasn't really there but in my head i'm like she's perfect she's got dogs she just looks like she's always hiking all the time like this this and that right and yeah. like i did exactly what i was supposed to do so that's a prime example where i've learned to like not do that anymore now i still she's awesome not for me but um yeah that's kind of how it got started and then when Claire was super um, emotional about her experience and like really excited, really wanted to find her person, it was easy for me to be like, okay, this turned into an experience until like, okay, this is actually real because this person's taking me extremely serious and I have to get there too. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's not going to go good for her or me. And it just, I could look like an idiot. So let's really dive in here and give it our best shot. Did you know only one in 10 women know their body shape? 
One of the first things a stylist does with a client is figure out their body shape and recommend cuts that flatter it. The goal is to use proportion to balance the upper body and lower body versus the waist. So it's not just about the shirt, but rather how the shirt and pants work together to create a silhouette that flatters. Do you know your shape? Head to smitherystyle.com and take their shape finder quiz to see if you are an X, H, A, V, or O. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so you mentioned some of those like lessons, I guess, that, that came out of that experience. Is there anything else that like noteworthy that you took from it? I'm sure a lot, but any like top three, I guess, maybe things. Top three, three things. Um, the not built up is one probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> one. I would say um, how important it is to talk it out. And what I mean by that is, you know, every day we, we have interviews every day about how we're feeling that day. How do you feel about this person? How do you feel about you and your conversation with this person? How do you feel about the lead, whoever it was, whether it was Tasha, Katie, or Claire? <laughs> um, you're constantly talking to people about your feelings and your emotions that allows you to build confidence that when you come out of that, it's like, this just feels normal now. And because I've been out there and I've done it on a public stage to millions of people, I'm not scared to do it with whoever it is, whether I'm at the grocery store and run into somebody or this or that. Like, Mm-hmm. I think vulnerability to people gives them trust when you're able mm-hmm. to open up. It's I'm giving you everything. So talk it out and just talk, give it like yeah. give, people will give you the benefit of the doubt. And they love that genuine, vulnerable, authentic, authentic, you know, the word I'm trying to go yeah. yeah, authenticity yeah, yeah. that, yeah. that, you know, people like to hold in. So it's like, just talk it out. Don't build things up too much before you actually meet somebody in person. And a third one, uh, that's tough. There was something. I can't, you, I can't. Well, there was something you said. I'll I'll prompt you a little. If, sure. if you tell me, you let me know if you think this is true or not. But there was something you sure. said just about how kind of perfect the Bachelor world is in terms of the episodes, right? Or that we see rather the dates you go mm-hmm. on, the fact that the outside world is you're kind of cocooned from that. Is there any kind of lesson around that, like? how because I'm just placing it into the average person right we've all been especially here in Canada we've been cocooned if you've been dating someone you might not have like seen them out at a restaurant right yet like now you probably have but is there is there a lesson there in terms of how real life plays a role in love right like in in relationships even yeah and that's where I think over time naturally the relationship you start to sort those things out which you can't do through a phone. So it's again, yes, getting back to just doing things in real life. But yeah, there's a, there's a definitely a major transition from coming off the show where everything is perfect, mm-hmm. but it's not real life from, I don't know, does she, does she want to do like great gestures where she wants to make me coffee in the morning, which, you know, when we came on the show, Katie would always do little things like that. What I would have never noticed on the show, but like, yes, yeah. acts of service, things like that you would never notice on the show. Or how do you treat a waiter or, little things that you wouldn't get when you're just hanging out at somebody's house together Mm -hmm. and just like watching Netflix is the only thing you can do in the pandemic. For me, it was being on a show and everything was built up to be this big fantasy world, which, you know, it it helped us get there, but we just weren't strong enough to get to the transition of real life and the distance and all those things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, coming back in real life now, you're, you're getting back in the swing of things, seeing what someone's like in public, talking to other people, are they flirting with other people in public? Those things you would never deal with that uh, people are going to be starting to deal with again. And maybe some people have forgot. So 
um, just being conscious of that because uh, now everyone's making that transition, not just me. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, I'm just, I'm relating it to myself and absolutely it's like, you're seeing how people maybe interact with your friends or like you're saying out and treating the server. Right. And, and that is, like learning a lot about a person that's honestly like how someone lives their day to day is I don't I don't know what percentage I want to give it but a big percentage of what matters in a relationship right definitely and how you communicate like there's things that would spark like I don't know how do you respond what's your body language like or your expression your tone of voice and responding to certain things like that I would might look at something and be like oh I hated how you handled that like what that was such a turnoff and write yeah. and be like, hey, maybe yeah. that's a bit of a thing that I would have never known otherwise unless I saw it because she's never yeah. going to tell me that. I'm going to say right. she, I'm just saying whoever it is in general. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, things like that. I don't tip like, well, right? Like, I was going to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, there's things that you just, you would never know yeah. otherwise that it's time in person is the only thing that's going to solve that and give you that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and just like, I think, like, drive. Like, how much drive do they have? Do they get their routine? They they want to be, or are they sluggish? And they lay around, like, there's just things that mm-hmm. you need to see if match with you. If you're not happy day to day, you, this is the thing I think that strikes me the most is that people can almost be in a relationship and be sad in a relationship, trying to make it work. If you're sad in a relationship, trying to make it work, it's never going to work. You've got to be find the ways to be happy on your own. First, if your yeah. happiness and your non-negotiables mix with her happiness and her non-negotiables, and that just meshes well, you're off to a hell of a start. And like, you have to have that happiness first and it should naturally want to mesh with the right person. If it doesn't, and you're not happy or you're giving up too much, it just, it doesn't match. I don't know why I'm using this symbol, but. (laughs) You know what? It makes sense. We'll use that in the video. We'll use that as the one clip we show is that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Whenever I can even do it, but yeah. 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 (laughs) Perfect. Well, no, it's completely true. I remember reading Michelle Obama's, I think her, her bio and she made a, in this the chapter was on marriage I think and she just said you know she wasn't happy but she couldn't put that on her husband too right like everyone has to go into it as as a full person in their own person and I know that you have quite a few passions and so what role does you know your own passion play in a relationship like how do you balance those passions with a relationship because that's hard too right like meshing someone into your life and especially the work you do like I feel like, you know, you were in Kenya, it takes you overseas often. So how does, how do you kind of merge those two? I think, I think the most important thing is having a partner that loves to see you succeed. Because if you love to see somebody succeed, it should be like a turn on, like, go do it, babe, go Mm -hmm. fucking do it. Sorry for swearing, but go do it. Um, because that, like that to me, like if I know that my person has this passion and she gets, whenever she talks to me about it, she gets fired up and she loves it. I want her to go and do that because I right. see how, how much fire it brings her, how, how much happiness it brings her. So yes, if you got to go and spend two weeks doing that, the thing is, if I'm sitting back here, yeah, sure. I can miss you. But I feel really good knowing that you're like, you are doing everything you want to do. You have one life. Why the hell would I be selfish enough to be like, oh, you know, I, you know, I want you to stay back. Like, I don't think you should. No, that's not mm-hmm. the partner you want. So find a partner. If you have a big passion that you, like I said, is a non-negotiable for you in your life, then you need to find somebody that supports the hell out of that. Because otherwise it's going to bring you down. And it's going to make you unhappy through life when you can't chase the thing you've always wanted to chase and whatever that passion is. So mm-hmm. find somebody that supports you. Um, cause there's a lot of things want to bring us down and 
that's one thing that, that can important. be that yeah and I think it's it's interesting too that you chose the word support not shares the same passions because and and you tell me your take on this but when you when you mentioned Claire you mentioned like has the dogs likes to hike and I've, I've just been reading a lot of studies here and there that it's like, you know, it's not important that he or she wants to golf with you every Saturday, but that they maybe support that you like that passion or whatever it is. What's your, what's your kind of take on that? That whole idea of needs to share the passion versus supports the passion. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a couple of things with this. So it would be great first off number one so say for example i think it makes it pretty easy for people to support what i want to do because it's like a good thing and like it's, I, a, good it's, cause, it's, yeah. it's, it's a good cause and so yeah. it's easy to support so you know if it's not something that you tech necessarily support your partner doing it could be a little bit more difficult absolutely that's why it's important to find someone who's okay with that but yeah i don't need my person to want to be on on these trips with me and you don't have to love animals and wildlife as much as me. You really don't because there might be things when you think about it the other way that you might love, I don't know, shoe shopping and collecting shoes. <laughs> now, we not might be spending a little bit. But not still. as meaningful. Maybe spending a little bit more money on things that aren't. But like, but sure. you know, yeah. yes, like you've got to find a way to support and understand if it brings you happiness, it brings you that much. I have to find a way to support and be okay with supporting you because mm -hmm. your happiness when you come home at the end of the day is what makes this relationship work and makes it, it, it run smoothly, especially when all the kids and things come into play. So whatever it is, if it makes you that happy, I've got to find a way to support it, especially if you're supporting me. It goes, it's a two-way street. And I think a lot of relationships play on a one-way street and that's where things go wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you, you talked a little earlier about, or we talked a little earlier just about like, the fairy tale, I guess, or this perfect world. What's your, cause I, I think women, and again, I'm, I'm talking about the middle of the bell curve, not everyone on the, the outliers, but I do think in general, women have this idea of what the fairy tale relationship looks like or, or how we meet as a fairy tale or how that progresses. Do men share in that? Like when you were growing up, did you, did you dream of this like fairy tale or this wedding or what does that look like from from the male gaze? I guess. Um, you know, I think it. I think to be honest, and I think this goes for a lot of males. It's this um, testosterone alpha driven type thing. When you're growing up through high school, it's like having lots of girlfriends, like hooking up with girls. Like that's like a natural thing progression through high school. And as you mature, you start to realize that that's not that cool. And how many people you've slept with is not cool. And you start mm -hmm. to transition out of that. Some people never do, unfortunately. Some males just like, that's just the way they are. And they just haven't matured and they just don't understand that. But I do think there's a handful of people that, uh, males that, that have that earlier where they can see like, okay, finding that love and what that looks like. Now, I think it, a lot of it has to do with upbringing, how much love you've had from like your mother or your family setting that kind of drives that for you. So family and how you've grown up and your surroundings, I think can dictate that and how a male kind of thinks and how long mm. it takes them to transition to that maturity to like, but yeah, I would say when it came to like 23, 24, when I was like done university and I was really like, trying to find what I want to do in life and had my first girlfriend that I was really, really excited about. I was like, okay, like I love this feeling of like this pure love, but I think it comes a little later for men, I think, right. Uh, just based on my personal experience and my friends and how that happens, but it definitely comes. I think family has a lot to do with that in 
in the early stages of mm-hmm. like and seeing what you see yeah yeah in family and media too right in a way like the not that young boys aren't watching Disney movies but there's like the Disney princess and that kind of whole you know idea in fairy tale that I think um, young girls are probably fed that more than young boys are that I just think of my friends that have children and you know the the daughter likes um, like Elsa but the son likes Marvel comics right yeah, or, or something yeah. or something like that yeah. so it's a little a little different kind of the messaging I guess we're fed around fairy tale yeah um, yeah which is kind of interesting too um, <laughs> yeah. and, and so for I guess I guess too like you're you're 30 right now right yeah, I turned 31 in August, yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe you haven't, I'm a little older than you, so maybe you haven't like had this, this, um, this hasn't come yet, I guess. But I do think there's like in love, a little bit of a naivete where you mentioned, you know, falling in love, maybe, was that around high, like high school 20-ish maybe, like around that yeah. yes. kind of time yeah. period? So yeah. there's like that naivete of falling in love then versus like, in your thirties, you just know more, right? And and maybe, I'm. I feel like you've probably had an accelerated dating experience, right? Mm-hmm. That you probably learned yeah. some of those lessons yeah. that yeah. in your mid thirties you learned. You got about five years ahead of the game there. But what are, I guess, some of those? Like, do you, do you see that a little bit? Like, do you have you have you lost a little bit of your naivete around around dating and love? Do you still have that? Like, you know feeling that you can get that that feeling that maybe you had with your you know your first love yeah and I and I think you always have to chase that like I don't think it's I don't think it's smart to turn that off and be like oh yeah because that's when we just I you, you live one life and when you had that feeling and it gives you that high you can get that again but the right person's going to give it to you now when you first experience it it's different because I think there's a lot of things that come into it when you're first connecting with somebody you're like this is what it's like and whether it's you know you sleep with the person for the first time and think like now you've experienced all the little things that makes up what you think is this perfect person now it's going to be harder to find that really hard to find because you went through enough experiences that you know I don't like this I don't like this I love this hate this and so now you you you've you've created this perfect person in your mind it's going to be really really hard to find but I do believe that that person is out there don't lose the faith in trying to find that. I do think yeah. it's out there and don't settle just based on a timeline, all these things. I understand that women have more of a timeline than men do, but mm-hmm. try hard to not lose faith in that and try not to settle and try to find that right person because we just want to be happy. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you seem really happy now. <laughs> so what <laughs> what yeah. are some of the, what it, you know, going into this, year I guess is it feels I know it's not I know we're you know a few months into the year but it does feel at least here in Canada with everything opening it feels like kind of like a fresh start what are your kind of tips for anyone that's out there dating in 2022 what are some maybe things that you're going to implement in your dating or things in general that you think would be that you hope to implement (laughs) yeah I I would say just advice in general is pull triggers and what I mean is pull triggers is bet on yourself be confident be secure pull triggers and don't just be wish-washy if you're gonna do something go in and and seek it out um say yes be more of a yes person 
like, mm-hmm. oh, not now or, or not tonight. Like, if you really want to find somebody, you got to put yourself out there and pull triggers to make things happen. If you sit back, yes, potentially can fall on your lap. I'm not saying go out there like, I'm going out to find my boyfriend tonight. No, but like, get out there, network, meet people. Like, that's what, you know, we have the ability to do now after two years. Have totally. excitement about it and go out because everyone's looking for the same thing right now. Everyone's mm-hmm. looking for that. And, and so we've been missing that for so long. So get out there, pull triggers and get after it. Um, aside from that, what am I going to do? I'm going to try to do a lot of that. Now I do it in a little bit of a more cautious way. I think coming off the show, uh, I sometimes don't know who's in it for me, who's in it for like attaching themselves to that in a weird yeah. way. I, I, I bet things a little bit differently, Yeah. but, um, but again, I'm pulling triggers. I'm, I'm down to meet anybody. I've been meeting people online. I've met people in person and, um, it feels good to be doing it in a real setting, uh, again, and, and taking a step back from the last two years that I've had. So it's been nice. I'm getting out there. I'm pulling triggers uh, just like everybody else should. I love that. Pull the trigger. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where can every, I mean, I know we touched on some of the great work that you're doing. I love, by the way, that you have like your merch lines, like support something. I feel like a lot of people out there have a merch line that obviously for profit, but like you, right. you have a cause behind it. I also thought it was really unique about you that when we were, we knew about you, obviously, but when we were kind of diving a little deeper, your your link on Instagram doesn't even have like a personal mention about you. It's like all about your causes, which I thought was really cool, right? So tell us a little bit about, you know, some of those causes and, and where we can support. Yeah, so, um, you know, I went on the show. I realized what this is. I went on a reality show and it was an amazing experience. I know that time is limited and valuable with it. I know that there's a lot more that I can do than just self-serving things for myself. I have a passion for animals. And then with that, animals need a voice right now more than ever. So it was a very clear and easy for me to realize, okay, great platform, how can I help? Made a foundation uh, called Mowgli Moines Fund that essentially I put money into through my brands and things I work with. I dump in money from this. Um, and then I work with non for profits. I go on these trips and help them shoot content for awareness and education purposes. And then I donate from the fund uh, to these organizations. So it's all about awareness and education. You can support that fund if you want to, but it's primarily for me to show that my money's going in there from these brand yeah. deals because people get in crap all the time from he's an influencer, she's an influencer. She went out. No, 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 I'm doing a lot of good and I'm trying to show that I am. And uh, so you can support that fund, which is going to support. Uh, me, but the initiatives that I'm going to go shoot content with that you've probably seen on my Instagram. So uh, you can give that a follow or $5, $2, whatever it is. It's uh, you, I show you where the money's going. And that's, I think, yeah. important to people make the connection. That's awesome. And then if they want to personally find you, where can we find you on Instagram and social? Yeah. So it's just my name at Blake Moines. Uh, and from there, you can find the Mowgli Moines Fund in my bio. And yeah, you just follow along with all of the, the, the cool trips that I've got coming up, which uh, I've got a great lineup this year with shark, uh, shark work, um, oh, cool. wolves, all these types of things. So there's some cool really stuff. Really cool. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great. That's exciting. So you have an exciting year ahead of, of following your passion projects. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm <laughs> focusing on that this year. I mean, the, the women and finding my person's there too, but I think finding the passion and the happiness first and that person would come in and support me. Right. Just like you said, there you so. go. She meets <laughs> yeah. you on safari. Who knows? There you I go. Love it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was so fun chatting with you. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It was really yeah, enjoyable. Course. So no, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me.
Thank you for tuning into this conversation. We will have a brand new one the first Monday of each month. If you were intrigued by anything in our conversation, we encourage you to talk about it. Tell a friend, post on social media, take action in your very own way. Subscribe to get the newest episode at your fingertips as soon as it drops. Until next time, check out Style Canada, a disruptor in the media for its community of inquisitive style seekers. You can find us at style.ca or on social media. Just like this podcast, Style Canada is not just about style. It's about living a lifestyle that leaves people open to evolution and opportunity. This episode was hosted by Elise Gasparino, produced and edited by Regina Johan. Music credit goes to Raspberry Music, and it was brought to you by Smithery.